You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. In this town, there is no off-season. The news never stops, and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin and Daryl Ryder. It's always game day in Cleveland, as that big voice just told you. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. It is roster day. That's probably the best way to put it. But who knows what the roster is going to look like tomorrow when the Browns have a chance to look at all the free agents that are out there across the NFL. But as of right now, as the time that we're speaking, the Browns have a 53-man roster. And Daryl Ryder, I'm sorry you did not make the team. You okay? Uh, I'm going to miss the paycheck. It's all right. Aren't you going to thank the coaches and everybody that did stuff and you played for tape so you feel good and you'll be able to play somewhere else now because you played for tape? That's all I did. I knew that I had to go out there and be the best that I can. I thought I was, and I played for tape. I thought I put some good tape out there, Andy. That's all I can say. Unfortunately, no one's used tape in at least 15 or 20 years. It's all digital now. <laughs> yeah, it, it really is. And they one of the things that they do with uh, the, their high-tech – 8k camera system that they have out there on the, uh, the practice fields. It's fun. Uh, they, they, uh, you know, raise and lower the, the discs or the drives, if you will, of, uh, various segments of practice in the middle of practice. In fact, wow. in fact, during training camp, while special teams was working, uh, Jim Schwartz actually did a film session on the practice field. Wow. With, uh, with his, uh, secondary. So, uh, technology is a wonderful thing. Here's how good it is. They've got technology for high school now, Daryl. You're not that you can instantly cut cut your highlight reel the second the game is over, and the computer will pull all your highlights for you. Wow, that's fantastic! And put your graphic up for you at the top at the front. You know what? I I remember um, the NBA uh, a couple. This was years ago before the really digital stuff took off. They were at the forefront of that uh, that digital transition and. I remember I'd walk into uh, the, the locker rooms uh, at the arena and there would be the video guys uh, importing and exporting uh, that game, the game that had just ended like 10 minutes earlier uh, yeah. and handing it out to players for them uh, to review uh, either on their uh, free time or on the plane ride to wherever they were headed next. It's true. All right. So the tape has been watched and the Browns have a 53 man roster. Daryl, let's. Uh, what do you want to do? You want to go? Who's on or who's off? Let Let's start with the moves. How about that? Okay, let's that do sounds segment good. One, the moves. Segment two, we'll do. Uh, we'll go through the offense, and then uh, our third segment, we'll 
bang out the defense. How does that oh, sound? Sounds like a plan. All right. So uh, they ultimately ended up making 21 roster moves um, today. Okay. Um, 16 players were waived. Uh, I'll just go through them. Cornerback Lorenzo Burns, receiver Jalen Darden, uh, running back Demetric Felton Jr., running back Hassan Hall, receiver Mike Harley Jr., defensive end Sam Kamara, defensive end Jeremiah Martin, safety Tanner McAllister, tight end Zaire Pitchell, Mitchell Payton, rather, uh, quarterback Kellen Mond, no surprise there, defensive end Lonnie Phelps, linebacker Charlie Thomas III, defensive end Isaiah Thomas, defensive tackle Tommy Togiai, receiver Austin Watkins Jr., and kicker Cade York. Those were the players that were waived. Uh, the uh, We'll see what waivers looks like tomorrow afternoon around noon. If uh, these guys clear waivers, I've got about seven of them checked off that I think could come back uh, to the practice squad. And tell me who they are. Uh, uh, Demetric Felton, uh, Zaire Mitchell-Payton, uh, Kellen Mond, Tommy Togiai, Austin Watkins Jr., and drum roll, please. Give it to me. Cade York. Okay, let's discuss these two things then. Let's start with Cade York. Do we believe that Cade York will clear waivers? Yes, I do. Why? Uh, because, quite frankly, he just wasn't good enough uh, in the preseason. So For I, any NFL team. Yeah, I, I think he'll clear waivers. And uh, if the Browns want to bring him back, if Cade York wants to come back onto the practice squad, then yeah, I do see that happening. Do you think he'll be able to clear his mind to come back to the practice squad? That's I mean, they, they did they did trade for a kicker right. who's notoriously hurt. Right. And and listen, Kevin Stefanski said uh, Tuesday afternoon uh, following practice that uh, specifically, yes, the Browns would be interested in adding Cade York back to the practice squad. So just for the folks to think I'm pulling that one out of thin air, no, even the head coach uh, of the team said, yeah, we would consider that. Uh, obviously uh, things have to align. He's got to clear waivers and uh, obviously want to come back uh, to the Browns, but there is a chance that we've not seen the last of one Cade York. Um, Where was I going to go with this? So the next big thing that people were talking about today was how did Austin Watkins Jr. not make the team, but they decided to stay with David Bell, who I like. I'm glad David Bell made the team and I understand why he's on the team. I don't think they used him nearly enough last year. And we really haven't seen a whole lot of him in preseason. So try to explain that one. Well, uh, quite frankly, it's Marquise Goodwin. That's why Austin Watkins is not on the team. Marquise Goodwin is back. Uh, He practiced on Tuesday. We spoke to him after practice. Obviously, he is just elated that he is back on the practice field and able to participate. He's hoping that he will be ready uh, for week one. Certainly nobody is uh, committing to that, but uh, that is clearly uh, on his uh, radar to make happen. But Marquise Goodwin uh, returning from the blood clots are exactly why Watkins did not make this team. And Watkins is, I believe, the number one target of the Browns to get through waivers and get back onto their practice squad. And if they're able to do that, Andy, something tells me he might get an opportunity to help this football team later in the year. Do you, Daryl, do you have any idea what they might be looking for among the waiver wire players that might be out there? So we look at this 53 man roster. We'll do that in a second. Right. 
But can you see an area? I'm not saying tell me who the player is, although essentially right. by telling me the area, you'd be doing that. <laughs> but I'm just saying, is there an area you think the Browns might attack uh, with all of these players that are now looking for jobs? Well, they don't have a lot of needs, though. Let's keep that in mind, right? Totally agree. Um, they're, they're, and, and we are talking, I think we're talking, Andy, the last four roster positions on the, on the team. Right. Okay. We're talking positions 50, 51, 52, 53. Right. Um, Unlike, you know, in the past, it's been 10 roster spots. I don't think that that's where we are right. now. Um, and, and I got to be honest with you. Quarterback is one. Uh, do they bring back Kellen Mond just to the practice squad? Now, Kevin Stefanski also said after Tuesday's practice, <laughs> Andy, they do want to bring another quarterback back. So does that mean that's Kellen Mond or do they want to bring somebody outside? Uh, the organization in odds are that quarterback is going to go to the practice squad, but you have to leave open that slim possibility that it could be an active roster addition. The problem is if it is an active roster addition, you have to cut something somewhere to, uh, to, to make room. Um, so and- let me say this an exclusive right here on it's always game day in Cleveland. Daryl Ryder is contemplating. Daryl Ryder is contemplating. Colt McCoy coming back to the Browns, baby. Colt McCoy. By the way, here's what I have to say about all these knuckleheads that are acting like the, the, the Cardinals cutting Colt is a sure sign that they're tanking. No. You know what's a sure sign they're tanking? They traded for Josh Dobbs to be their basic, basically be their starter, number one. And number two, every other roster move they've made this offseason. Why is all of a sudden Colt McCoy the end-all, be-all? Oh, the Cardinals are tanking because they cut Colt. With all due respect to Colt, right? He's a career backup quarterback. He's not a starter. So I just, this, it's similar to the outrage with Austin Watkins getting cut by the Browns uh, on Tuesday, Andy, right? I mean, listen, these are the same folks that thought some oddball receiver from the Seattle Seahawks was coming in to save the season for the Cleveland Browns as a waiver claim the day after the initial 53 is set. So, a little perspective here, folks. But, uh, no, I am not saying that Colt is uh, coming home. Uh, uh, growing up Colt Part 2 Cleveland edition is not happening. I don't. I, they are absolutely committed to DTR as the backup quarterback, but they do want to have another third arm available on the practice field. And, I, and, I, and again, I suspect that it's going to come via the practice squad more than the active roster. Daryl, I think the best troll – of the last year was Phil Dawson and his high school uh, kicking field goals at the high school, the 50 to 55 yarders over the last couple days. Cause first of all, he looked like he could still do it. And second of all, I didn't have a major problem with it. If they wanted to, I know he's 48 years old, but he knows that stadium as well as anybody. I'm sure he doesn't have, well, I mean, let's face it. I mean, we're not talking about Dustin Hopkins doesn't exactly have uh, you know, 60, 65 yard plus leg. No, to make doesn't. field goals. But what if they, I mean, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, don't go over the top. If they thought they could hang on to Cade York yeah, and they I, thought I, they could keep Cade York and get him through to the practice squad, is Phil Dawson really going to kill you for a couple games? I had to, uh, I had to grab my notebook because okay. I have the percentages, or at least I thought I had the percentages written down for Hopkins. Uh, and basically he gets worse. The further away from the uprights you go. He's 85% where you need him to be. That's what it is. Eh, no. That's what I mean. Looking at the number, like 30, he's 50, 38 plus or something, 38 to 45, 50 somewhere. 50 plus. 
And and I kind of need I kind of need my place kicker to be a weapon. I need a guy that can knock it home for uh, if a drive stalls between the thirty and thirty five yard line. I need a guy to make that field goal and get me three points. Then you're you're with me on this. Bring Phil, bring Phil Dawson back. Well, I like I said, I, I don't know that Hopkins is the guy to make that happen. That's okay. that's my chief concern. I don't disagree with them swapping out Cade York. I just am not sold that Dustin Hopkins, who has an injury history, I'm not sold that especially in that stadium, he's going to be able to deliver three points when the Browns are uh in case they stall out in that 30 to 35 yard range, which puts you between, you know, 48 and 50 plus. My question then for you is, would you have been okay if they would have brought Phil Dawson back? Um, Come on, do it, baby. Do it. Yeah, why not? Boom, I love it. Love every minute of it. Yes, Daryl Ryder said it. He would have been okay if they would have brought Phil Dawson back. I just love the storyline. We're back in just a moment with more. It's always game day in Cleveland. We are going to go through the roster. We'll talk. Defense or offense, Daryl? Flip a coin. Uh, we're going uh, offense first. We're going offense next right here. It's always game day in Cleveland. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's roster day. That's what this one's all about. As the Browns set their 53-man roster, he's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. Daryl, are you excited to continue on with the roster? I, I am. But first, uh, a little a little something to pass along. Mobile sports betting, finally legal here in Ohio. It has been since January. And BetQL is here to help you make the most informed bets possible. See all of today's winners by heading to BetQL.com or downloading the BetQL app. Claim your free three-day trial today. Head to BetQL.com slash news slash 92.3 The Fan for those exclusive sportsbook offers. All right, Daryl, let's start with the offense and the six wide receivers. Let's start there because I think that's a nice, easy place to start. Yeah, so uh, Amari Cooper, Marquise Goodwin, Elijah Moore, Donovan Peoples-Jones, David Bell, and Cedric Tillman. Absolutely really no surprises there. Like, I know folks are really upset over the Austin Watkins thing, but really, we're upset over the number seven wide receiver on the depth chart. That's that, you know what? Fine, because that just to me is a testament to how far roster construction for the Cleveland Browns has come when it comes to fans uh, <laughs> and their, their passion for 
those who do and do not make the football team. Daryl, let's discuss the running back situation. There really isn't a situation when you have Nick Chubb on your team, but Jerome Ford, limited time, uh, or I mean, no time during the preseason. And then they bring in Pierre Strong uh, on a trade earlier this week with Tyrone Wheatley Jr. going to New England. I like Tyrone. I think we talked about him in the last podcast. I think he'll be able to help out New England. I, I haven't looked to make sure that he made the roster, but I'm sure he's going to be able to help out New England. Well, I, it, it was a good trade because Tyrone wasn't making this football team. And you go ahead and you trade him. You, you trade a player you were going to cut anyway, and you get a player that potentially can help you in uh, Pierre Strong Jr. Uh, I, I like the move. Jerome Ford, I've been telling you guys for weeks, and no one wanted to believe me that he was going to not only make the team, but he was going to be the number two running back. They weren't worried about the hamstring injury. They still aren't worried about the hamstring injury. In fact, he practiced on Tuesday. Uh, along with uh, Harrison Bryant, who uh, missed most of training camp with an unknown uh, or undisclosed uh, medical condition, as uh, Kevin Stefanski uh, put it throughout uh, camp. But, yeah, um, when you look at that running back room, if, uh, aside from the move to get Pierre Strong Jr., once that happened, that told you Dimitri Felton was not going to make this roster, not going to make this team. And quite frankly, with all due respect to Dimitri, with all due respect to John Kelly, neither one of them distinguished themselves in the preseason or training camp uh, to really earn that job. So certainly understand why Andrew Barry elected to uh, go ahead and make a minor trade that could uh, have some uh, pretty positive impact uh, as this season goes along. Daryl, uh, I will go to the, we'll do the quarterbacks last. Let's let's do tight ends right now. David Njoku, no brainer. Jordan right. Akins, no brainer. I mean, when he came over from Houston, you knew that that was a done deal. Right. Um, Harrison Bryant, what do you think? Made the club from the tub. Congratulations. Yeah. Um, I, I would say this. This is the initial fifty-three. We'll see if he's on the club for week one. Where do you think he – so as we talk, uh, 49, 50, 51, 52, 53, maybe even 50, 51. He's 52. in the 40s. High 40s? He's in the 40s, yeah. Okay. Um, and we know how much Kevin loves tight ends because, I mean, obviously Kevin isn't scared to use a tight end as a fullback either if he right. needs to. So you've got to be right. versatile in that spot. Yeah. And, Although and, David Njoku is not playing fullback. Right. And, and also, too – you know, putting Elijah Moore in the backfield adds a little bit of a dimension too, <laughs> along with the three other running backs that you can put in the backfield. So they've got uh, plenty of guys they can uh, put back there to mess with opposing defenses. Do you think they would use Elijah Moore as a number two running back or a third down running no, back? No, no, no. Okay. But they, that's why you said that. I was like, oh, well, no, but they, but they will hand the ball to him. He's going to get handoffs this year. I'll buy it. Much he, like he's going to fulfill that. Big role that Anthony Schwartz had on the on the swing on the swing around play uh, the from the wide receivers. Team. Yeah, is it really like when I say end around, I always feel like that should be the tight end around uh, and not really a wide receiver. So it's more of a well, receiver called, around. It's called an end around. Uh, I've always considered that the tight end position as a former well, I, tight end. I'm just telling you, what a you guy that utilizes and loves the tight end position. Semantics are important to me on this. Well, I'm, just, I'm just, just telling you, you might be comfortable saying that. I'm just telling you what the actual terminology is, though. Okay. Call it whatever right. you want. They call it an end around. Yeah, it's more of a wide around. But that's all right. It doesn't really matter. All right, so now let's get into the offensive line because I think this is where – They kept things... nine. I know. My goodness gracious. So, obviously, your starters, right? You got Joel Batonio, Jack Conklin. Uh, Ethan Posick, Wyatt Teller, Jed Wills, your subs. 
as I said on the last podcast, and you looked at me like I was uh, a little crazy there. I said Luke yeah, Whipple that's typical. The team. He did make the team along with James Hudson the third, uh, Nick Harris, and uh, Dewan Jones. Who, by the way, let's give him his love. He absolutely <laughs> deserved to make this roster, uh, considering where he came. And we've talked about it on the podcast. We've talked about it on ninety-two-three The Fan quite a bit. You know, from a guy that struggled to get through a rep in rookie minicamp to how he performed. Uh, during training camp, during the preseason, absolutely deserved to to make the team. And I got to tell you. Tell me, Daryl. Uh, he has the potential to be a player for the Cleveland Browns. I think and, Luke. I think uh, within the next two years, Luke Whipper will be too, as long as he can stay healthy. Right. And I think both why, of the Buckeyes have a chance. Now, one concern on the offensive line, though, interior backups. And right now, your interior backup is Luke Whipper. You at know, the guard and, spot, yeah. And yeah, Nick, well, can, Nick Harris can shift over a little, can he? I mean, yeah, he can too, but you know what I'm saying? So you're a little dicey there as far as experience goes, right? You're counting on two traditional centers to handle the rest of your interior line as backup. So I think that that is interesting. What would you do in an emergency situation? I mean, you can't put – I mean, if you had to, no, you couldn't. There's no way you would ever stick Charlie Hewlett there if you were really – down and out at center, would you? I guess he'd be the super emergency. Yeah, you're not going to be down and out at center because you got three centers on the team. Well, if, if you're three centers deep, if you're if you're onto your fourth center, Andy, the year's gone horrifically bad. So you're looking at Posick, Harris, and then Whipler's the third center. Is that Correct. what you're saying? Okay, 100%. all right. Because yeah. I, I mean, the what I'm looking at is Whipler as Betonio's backup, backup or as you know, or Wyatt Teller's backup. Right. Wow. You got three centers on this team. All right. And how, how confident are we in this offensive line? I mean, we got guys trying to bounce back from mid. Well, starters are healthy. I'm confident. All right. And, it, it's a again, concern. I, I think the offensive line is a little bit of a concern. That's just yeah. me. Um, well, the health of the offensive line, I think, is a concern. But, uh, look. I'm, I, we got guys on this offensive line that said that they had played subpar season. Like, they know they could have played better last right. year. We yeah. need them to play better this year. And, 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 and injury played a part in that as well. Let's let's not forget that. All right. Two minutes. Two-minute drill here on the quarterback situation. There's, I mean, we, it is what it is. I think the only thing we have to really consider is it, Dorian Thompson-Robinson is in a very interesting position if anything happens to Deshaun Watson. He is one snap away. Yes, he is. And um, as I've said, I don't think backup quarterback matters because if Deshaun Watson's up, not on the field for extended period of time, then they're up the Creek without the paddle. Anyway, it just, it doesn't, you know what I'm saying? Like the, the thing that Dorian Thompson Robinson gives them, Andy is he has similar traits to Deshaun as far as how he plays that position, which allows Kevin Stefanski not to have to modify too much. It's not like last year, right? Where Jacoby Brissett, they ran one style of offense for Jacoby for 11 weeks. And then when Deshaun came back, they kind of were trying to run the same offense while also incorporating the Deshaun concepts, if that makes sense. So makes sense. that's where the DTR is your number two. You feel somewhat good about it because of the similar. And look, the Baltimore Ravens have been doing this with Lamar Jackson and their quarterback position, right? Right. And, and so give the Browns <laughs> credit here. This is something that they, they're trying to do uh, with the, the quarterback position is have a young guy like DTR 
who possesses some of the some of the skill set. I'm not saying he's Deshaun Watson 2.0. Don't misunderstand me, but he does possess some of those traits and skill sets, the ability to make plays with his feet, the ability to move on the run, look downfield, make plays, things like that, that, uh, that would not force Kevin Stefanski to have to scrap a big part of the playbook, which, by the way, he spent the offseason redesigning for Deshaun Watson. Looking forward to it. I think he can do a wonderful job in that. We've seen what he's done for Baker Mayfield when Baker was and, all in. And on Tuesday, Deshaun Watson was ill, and Dorian Thompson-Robinson was the only quarterback on the field, and he got to run the show. So it was a good day and good opportunity for him to go ahead and really dive in to that and get the opportunity to work with the one, uh, the number one offense and, and really get those reps in Deshaun's absence. So, I again, uh, more positive experience there for the new number two quarterback, who, of course, is a rookie. All right, that was the offense. Let's talk defense next on It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. We have gone through the transactions. We've gone through the offense. Now it's time to talk about the defense on the 53-man, original 53-man roster for the season. We all know that things can change in a moment's notice when it comes to not only the Cleveland Browns, but all the teams across the NFL. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. If you like what you're listening to, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. We love all of our new YouTube viewers, too. Thank you for being a part of this and watching what we've been doing for more than a year now, but now you can see it on YouTube, and you can always follow us on Twitter and Instagram at GameDayCLE. Daryl, let's dive into the defense, and we'll start with the defensive line. Yeah, so let's start with uh, the the defensive line. Uh, they kept nine of them, which is certainly something that um, Jim Schwartz is going to be very, very uh, happy about. Um, uh, Jordan Elliott, Miles Garrett, Shelby Harris, Isaiah McGuire, uh, Obo Okoronkwo, Zedaria Smith, Dalvin Tomlinson, um, Shelby uh, Harris, right, and then. Um, uh, you say Siaki Shelby Harris? Ika. Oh, that's right. Siaki Ika. The, the Siaki Ika. So, so those, uh, those are your nine defensive linemen. And all of your backups, uh, with the exception of Double O, who I think is not really – I mean, he's a third starter, if you ask me. Yes. With Zedari. So it's interesting that all of your backups are original picks of the Browns. Three of them are third-rounders, and Isaiah McGuire is a fourth-rounder from 23. So Wright, Ika, and Elliott are all third-round picks, 20, 22, and 23. So um, Andrew Berry did stick with some of his guns on keeping guys that he's drafted, and the importance of a third-round pick in an Andrew Berry defense or offense. Yeah, he kept uh, on this roster seven draft picks from this year. Which I believe that's what they had. I think all I think I believe they had seven picks this year, and all seven made the team. Um, but well, yeah, how does this? How would he just in general? I mean, 
Daryl, when I look at this team and I see double O and I see Miles Garrett and I see Zadarius Smith and Dalvin Tomlinson and Shelby Harris, I can't tell you the last time I felt this good about a defensive line. I think that they're they're in good shape. I as long as they stay healthy, um, I am a little nervous about the depth on, uh, on especially on the interior of that defensive line. Andy, little nervous just because of some of the youth and inexperience there. But if if they are able to stay healthy, um, that is going to be a fun group to watch. I, I think it's going to be outstanding. I mean, I really feel like we have three outstanding defensive ends, and one obviously is allegedly. I hope the best in the game. And allegedly is kind of a harsh word. I hope Miles Garrett is the best in the game this year, going out there. All right, let's switch over to linebacker, where I feel like uh, the linebackers feel renewed. I think they feel like they have freedom. Um, watching Jeremiah Wusukoromoa play against the Chiefs um, really got me excited. Uh, I'm wondering about Sione Takitaki. Well, so it, it riddle me this on all these guys. They, they kept seven linebackers. A little bit of a surprise to me there. Um, just because the linebacking position in Jim Schwartz's defense isn't as central to what he does, right? Right. Uh, but I think they kept seven just because of, uh, as you alluded to, uh, the injury history there. Uh, I love the fact that Mahmoud Diabiate made the team. Uh, I He deserved it. I'm super happy he made the team. But obviously, JOK, Sione Takitaki, Anthony Walker, those are your starters. Tony Fields, um, Matthew Adams, who's a special teamer. That's your seventh uh, linebacker there. And uh, Jordan Kunashik. Uh, he, uh, too, a uh, little banged up here uh, with the knee injury. I, I anticipate a roster move is coming there. I could see him being placed on injured reserve on Wednesday and them making a roster move to fill his spot. So that is something to keep an eye on because uh, Kevin Stefanski has already told us that he's going to miss uh, a few weeks with that knee injury that he suffered. And he's also a special teams coach's dream, right? Yeah. Love him, but hopefully he gets healthy and he'll be okay. All right, let's go to the defensive backs right now because you got nine of them, and one of the big guns Actually is eleven. I'm sorry, eleven. Yeah, what am I saying? Corner. I missed corner. Eleven. Sorry. Um, you've got eleven defensive backs. So let's walk through this, and I think there's some questions to be asked. Yes, uh, DeAnthony Bell, Grant Delpit, MJ Emerson, uh, Mike Ford, AJ Green, Ronnie Hickman. Again, kudos to Ronnie Hickman. Certainly deserved to make the team as an undrafted free agent. Love to see it. Uh, Rodney McLeod, Cameron Mitchell, Greg Newsom, Juan Thornhill, and last but not least, Denzel Ward, who is currently in concussion protocol. And I do feel like there's some long-term questions that need to be asked uh, regarding that particular situation. I asked Kevin Stefanski that specific question Tuesday afternoon, he downplayed it, um, uh, did not sound all that concerned. But from where I stand, Andy, I am concerned that this is concussion number four, Denzel Ward. And I am curious as to what uh, private conversations might be had behind the scenes, maybe between Ward and his family, Ward and the, and, and, uh, you know, the football team. Um, I, I don't feel like it's, un- especially with the attention now that's paid two head injuries, right? This isn't, this isn't like the old, old days, 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 years ago, where they just broke out the smelling salts and they, you know, woke you up and they sent you back onto the field. That's not how this works anymore. So um, I do feel like 
there is some reason to be concerned there when you're talking about Denzel Ward's long-term health. Yeah, I'm just, I'm concerned. I, I mean, if it's his fourth NFL concussion, I mean, yeah, we, we don't know, know we, what he sustained in, in high knows, school. We don't right? know what he sustained and how many at Ohio State. So this is the fourth one that we know of in the National Football League. So, um, uh, you know, uh, without having the knowledge of previous medical history in regards to head injuries, that's again why I myself independently raised the the the, the question about long term uh you know playing viability for him uh because again um the the science uh regarding these injuries is a lot more clear uh, now than it was 10 15 20 years ago yeah i mean and the other part of it is he's a hometown kid i mean we know his story we know about his father who went to cleveland heights and was a principal at bedford and lost his life way too short so i mean i could understand Denzel, if he has any reservation or wants to make sure they take it unbelievably slow on this, um, it, but you know, again, it's it, the independent neurologist will will have some say in this too. But I, I mean, I, I don't. I'm more worried about Denzel than I am about football. Going to be honest about it, and I would say that about any player in the NFL. You're talking about four concussions in the NFL, and. There's just been too much out there in the last 10 years about concussions. ESPN had another story about it this weekend. I mean, they finally had to recognize it because they got forced into concussion and understanding what concussions. Now, I do know that there are some things in the pipeline that I've heard left and right about concussion treatment and, you know, getting back to the classroom and getting back to play. But you just can't mess around with concussions. And, uh, you know, I, whatever happens with Denzel, if he plays, I would love for him to keep playing. If he doesn't play, I think that's a decision that uh, we all should accept and understand that he, you know, he is dealing with concussions and concussions aren't getting your bell rung. It is brain trauma, plain and simple. That's yeah, what it is. So, uh, so I would look out for the possibility of maybe a roster move there involving Denzel Ward. I mean, even, even I, I would say maybe even talking about, you know, injured yeah, reserve I, to start the season. For sure. so, yeah, you IR him so he misses the first four weeks of the season or something, and you know maybe you get a little better clarity uh, of that particular situation. And finally, to to wrap up the pod, Andy, we got to mention the three specialists. Uh, oh yes, we do. The uh, tied with Joel Batonio is the longest tenure Cleveland Brown. Charlie Hewlett still your longest. Charlie Hewlett is the man. He is one hundred percent the man. Don't mess with him. My favorite player on the team. I'm gonna get my dogs his jersey. Hey, you know what? Uh, Ryan Pompreon was the Browns' first pro bowler in the expansion era. And Butch, right. and Butch Davis can always say, hey, I drafted a pro bowler. Uh, Corey Bohorquez is your punter. And Dustin Hopkins, as we uh, spoke about earlier in the podcast, uh, he is your new place kicker. So there you go. There's your 50, your initial. It's not the final. I always get it. It's one of my pet peeves in our business. I always get annoyed when people say, it's the final 53-man. No. It's the initial 53-man roster because by the time we do our next podcast, guess what happens? It's going to be a totally 53-man roster? Well, I don't know. It's going to be totally different, but there are going to be some alterations made. And, of course, again, Wednesday afternoon, the Browns will set their practice squad. It's part of the reason why the Browns will be practicing Wednesday afternoon around 3 p.m. so they can get that practice squad established and those players, especially the ones that they're able to bring back, on the field. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin for our producer, Meredith Kane, who is just 
killing it. Thank you, Meredith. We appreciate you. This has been It's Always Game Day in Cleveland.